Sunday Gravy. Welcome to Sunday Gravy. This is a podcast based on recent sermons of High Point Community Church, as well as anything else that just happens to be on our mind. If you would like to contact us, you'll find all of our information at highpointcommunitychurch.org or highpoint.community. And now on with the show. All right, and welcome to Sunday Gravy. Uh, this is Blake, along with Joey and Matt, and uh, we're coming to you today is June's Monday, June six, two thousand twenty-two. In review of Sunday, June the fifth, two thousand twenty-two, when we were without our fearless leader, Mister Joey Hill. He this was, is correct. Do you want to tell them where you were going? Because the rumor is that you were at Sunny's Fast Track in Jasper. <laughs> That's what everybody was saying, and I was like, I don't know if that's true. And they were like, Yeah, that's where he's at. And I was like, Okay, because you know, that's That's normally what you do when you're not here on Sundays. You go to batting cages and play putt putt, ride go karts. All the places. I know that was the first one. That was the first one that came to mind. Uh, Oh man, no, no, we were we were in Memphis, Tennessee, just me and two of the kids, and we're enjoying ourselves, but also getting a little ball in. Everybody knows my kids play ball, so yeah. But it was it was just a nice break for me. I don't get those often, so. So the most good. important question, yes, in regards to Memphis, yes. I think you know what I'm going to ask. Yeah, because then you'll be wrong. Oh, did you go to Graceland? <laughs> <laughs> Not he, did you eat barbecue? He, he thought I was going to ask about barbecue. Did you go to Graceland? We did not. We did not, but I am. What a waste. I, but I will say this: Did you go to the um, the Pyramid Bass Pro Shop? No, but I've been there. We've already been there. So okay. Um, did you go to Bill Street? We did not. Did you go to the Peabody Hotel? Did you watch <laughs> no. watch the Ducks walk? No, no. What a no. wasted trip to Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I know you didn't watch the uh, the Grizzlies play because we did not. It's uh, yeah, time of year just not worked out for them. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, anybody who's ever been out of town with tournament ball and all that stuff. Oh, you don't you don't do anything except get a sunburn, basically. You, you, you get sunburn and you will eat just about anywhere. So we yeah. ate we ate great, by the way. Where did you eat? Uh, probably the most famous place there in Memphis is Central Barbecue. And, no, it's uh, not. Yes, it is. No, the most famous barbecue place. Yes, is Rendezvous uh, off Bill Street. Uh, uh, the dry rub ribs. Yes. What did you have? Did you just have regular pulled pork? Yes. But it, it still had the dry rub on it, though. Right. It was good. Let's disregard the first part of this. Everybody, <laughs> if you're in Memphis, go Central, to Central Barbecue is where you need uh, to go. No, it real. Uh, it was really good, and um, I can't say much for their banana pudding. I've never I, even I'm going to say that. Dreamland has got the lockdown on banana pudding. I don't eat banana pudding. You're missing. It's not. It's not for me. It's you. I can't eat bananas. What? <laughs> I'm serious. Y'all, no, 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 no. Don't act like y'all don't know this. I didn't know that. I, I know can't. You, I know you couldn't eat shrimp. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, listen. Oh, wait a minute. You got to tell that story when he first came on staff. Yeah, here. I will. But, oh, let me, okay, so the banana story. For some reason, I have an allergic reaction to when I eat bananas in, in anything with bananas in them. 
literally y'all i'm serious like my throat swells up and i can't breathe Hmm. so that's that's not a thing (laughs) 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 whatever serious i'm dead serious i i don't like i'm not a big banana person i don't like bananas most everyone in my family likes bananas i don't like bananas my wife tells me that my daughter my oldest daughter makes the best banana nut bread yeah, she, she makes homemade banana nut bread, and no, she that's puts, good. She puts dark chocolate chips in it. Let's go. See, I can't even eat that. It smells amazing when she cooks it, but I don't like bananas, hmm. and so like it smells amazing, but yeah. I don't want to eat it. If that really? makes, like anyway, yeah, I want to just pick out the dark chocolate. <laughs> yeah, my last experience was um, in college. I accidentally there was like something set up in the the main part of the school. Um, where they were offering muffins and I accidentally picked a banana muffin, not banana nut muffin, not knowing it, ate it right before class and I started having a reaction. And so thankfully somebody had some Benadryl on hand and you're, I was out. You're allergic during, to, ba- allergic to bananas. Yes. Okay. So how do you get like potassium and all that stuff? <laughs> well, I don't eat bananas and <laughs> well, I don't that, think I'm like, yeah, I, mean, I mean, I don't <laughs> think I'm like, I take a multivitamin. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Potassium deficient. Or that is yeah. a great, okay. Yeah. I, um, you, Matt is also allergic to shrimp? N- not allergic. I have an intolerance to basically anything that's... Swim- there, apparently, there's a difference. There's, there's a difference between being allergic and being intolerant? Yes. So, I don't have a reaction, in a sense, to fish or anything that swims, but when I eat those things... <laughs> I know this sounds ridiculous. Okay, so like I with swim. No, finish, no, no, finish. no, 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 no. So I like swim. with bananas, with bananas, <laughs> if I eat something with bananas in it or a banana, my throat swells up. Yeah. All right. If I eat any kind of fish or anything that lives underwater, tastes great. Ten, I promise you, this has happened 20 times in my life. Tastes great. 10 minutes later, my stomach starts hurting, and then I puke it up, and then I feel fine. Every single time. Doesn't matter what it is. Shrimp, fish, salmon, catfish, anything. Crab. Crab. Anything. Have I'm you so- tried crab? Yes. Okay. It's the weirdest thing. Have you tried imitation crab? Well, did you know that like over eighty percent of crab meat is imitation crab meat? Well, I know that's why they they put it on the thing, but it's usually like really small print. Yeah. But it's always on the label. Right. Right. Usually it's on the label. Um which brings up a story of when Matt came. On staff. On staff here, and it was his first. Well, I think th- at this time you were actually you had started, and w- and the the plan was for you to transition to full time, but you had started, yes, part time for like a, a few months. Yeah, it was because, it was it was about four or five weeks because you were in the process of finishing school. Yeah, okay, I couldn't remember how long it was, but anyway. But regardless, it was my first official staff meeting, <laughs> and. <laughs> Uh, Joey, Joey we, yeah. we were excited because we thought we're about to show this boy <laughs> how, good how we, we got do it. it here at High Point. Yeah. Yeah. And Joey was excited, so he wanted to turn it up a notch. So he he, he asked he asked Tommy, who's willing to do anything for us to f- fix lunch and to fix a nice lunch, turn it up a notch. So she makes her homemade shrimp po'boys, which is unbelievable yeah they're amazing like out she'd, of this world she'd make a homemade sauce homemade sauce and anyway and then matt, <laughs> matt shows up and we can't wait to unveil what we're having for lunch only to find i remember out. walking in and they're like you won't believe it 
<laughs> we, broke, we broke out the best we've got. <laughs> like this kid. Shrimp boys. This kid from Silicaga is about to just get blown away. <laughs> Only to find out he's shrimp intolerant, whatever that is. Yeah. So, well, I mean, so I had literally, to, we did the unveiling and you were like, I can't eat it. Sorry, guys, I can't eat it. <laughs> I can't eat. Well, well, we got fries. So, so yeah. which to Joe, and Joey and I, Joey and I said more for us. Yeah. More for us. This is exactly what we did. I think we actually did split his po' boy. <laughs> yeah. So like an eye point, and did not blink an eye. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I ate the shrimp and onion, or the uh, shrimp, the fries and onion rings. Yeah. So y'all know I'm I'm like a guy that loves to talk about words, definitions, mm-hmm. and what they mean. So so I'm still hung up on this whole difference between intolerance. And I was told I was that by Google that. Yes. Allergic. So apparently there is because a I mean it makes me think about like like people don't say man I'm allergic to milk or I'm allergic to dairy they say I'm intolerant right. to dairy. So why is that different? Okay, I got I, it. I have an explanation. I have yeah. a real. Go ahead and give your fake, well, well, fake well, one, Matt. So <laughs> I, let me say for probably 20 years of my life, I'm 29. So for probably 20 years or better of my life, I would say I'm allergic to fish or allergic to shrimp. Until one day, I may, it may have been Holly, I don't know, um, I was explaining, she was like, what do you mean allergic? And I was like, well, every time I eat it, it makes my stomach hurt, and then I throw it up. And she was like, that's not an allergy, that's an intolerance. See, that doesn't make sense to me, because yeah. if it creates a reaction, no matter what that reaction is. Yeah, in my is, mind, it's a reaction. Yeah. Go okay. ahead. Okay. What's the official definition? This is from <laughs> Google. The, the Cleveland Clinic. Okay. Food allergy versus intolerance. What's the difference? That's literally the title of the thing. Okay. Okay. If you if you have the same reaction to a certain food every time you eat it, like an upset stomach or um, I don't even want to say it. Is it okay to say diarrhea on here? I just said diarrhea. Okay. <laughs> you, like an upset out. stomach or diarrhea. You may think you have a food allergy, but it's more likely you have a food intolerance, which affects an estimated 20% of the U.S. population. The key is understanding the difference between food intolerance and a food aller- and a food allergy, so you're better prepared to handle the way certain foods affect your body. So, what is the difference? Okay, shout okay. out to this to the people. One when in you five. when you have a food allergy, your immune system mistakes a protein or other ingredients in food as a threat. Hmm. Okay, hmm. interesting. Uh, let's see. A food intolerance happens when your body can't properly break down a certain food or ingredient, such as lactose intolerance. Hmm. Huh. Uh, perhaps so. so with, like with lactose intolerance, it's a result of an enzyme deficient of an enzyme deficiency that prevents your body from properly breaking down the lactose in milk. So it sounds like the word intolerance is kind of. Your body like, won't tolerate it. Well, I mean, like, it's it's almost like it's locked into the, like, like the, I don't know, in the stomach area. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where, like, everything else would be, like, yeah, an allergy. Your body. Essentially, the way to look at it is an allergy is an immune system response, and an intolerance is essentially your body's inability to, to, to do something. Interesting. That makes sense. Makes sense. Well, and I and I'll say this too. Like uh, growing up, every time, and it's been the same way with bananas as well with the allergy. Um, every time there's been a reaction, it's been worse than the time before. Hmm. So. So it progresses. Yes. 
So each time I've, you know, whatever, it's always been worse than the time before. But so just anyways, be- just between I did myself, not know that about the bananas. Yeah, yeah so. I didn't know that either. So just between myself and all the listeners out there, just pretend Joey and Matt aren't in the room. Can we, for Pastor Appreciation Sunday, please, everyone get Matt a gift basket with bananas and shrimp? They're going to yeah. be wasted. Shrimp cocktails. Well, That's and here's so the awesome. thing. Here's the that'd thing. Be, it's, that'd be amazing. Because I have had people. All y'all go in together and at least do one of those. Okay? It makes me wonder, like, what are you going to do this, this Wednesday night? Because, you know, we got a shrimp bowl. Shrimp bowl. That's right. A, I mean, come on, people. If Everybody's li- come out to a shrimp bowl. Yeah. So I will say this. It's consumption only. It's not like, oh, anything that touches a banana, I can't eat it. It's literally consumption only. <laughs> when you said that, consumption only, I thought you, <laughs> I was like, Easy. so you mean you don't get sick when you look at a shrimp? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it is consumption only because like cherish, cherish, my wife eats bananas. And so in your face, like right in front of you. No, oh. I mean, she doesn't like, but you yeah. like the bananas. I can't like the bananas, but do but if you could, would you? But you've had them, obviously. Oh yeah, I've do. had them. But I mean, did you did you enjoy them? No. What about shrimp? <laughs> I've only tried it once. Are those the what? only are are those the only things you're allergic? As far as far as I know. But yeah, like I've I've tried this the whole seafood anything that swims thing. Like I've tried catfish, shrimp. I've tried everything once, and each time it was the same thing. I wouldn't. Get, I, I think you need to stop saying anything that swims because cows swim, deer, deer swim, things that live underwater. Mm, okay. mm. So. Well, so maybe you need to try it. Live underwater is in like okay because I've tried salmon. Salmon did it too. Because a lot of people are like, well, maybe it's things that bottom feed, like shrimp and catfish. But it's maybe you can try like some dolphin. Or, or whale. Or gator. Since they're like air breathers. Maybe I should try alligator. Where's this going? I don't know. All right. So speaking of <laughs> to food. To Louisiana, it sounds like. Yes. Uh, trying all kinds of crazy food. To sum up uh, or to kind of get back to the purpose of the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that was a rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're kind of revisiting yesterday. Uh, Joey was out, and I had the privilege to uh, stand in and f- uh, fill the pulpit on Sunday here. Yes. And so the, it was the, a good time. Does that mean we get to ask you the question? So this is really like reverse gravy instead of Sunday gravy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That sounds good you to like me. You like that? Yep. Well, I mean, I got to listen to it as I was driving back from Memphis. By the way, in Memphis, you know what's huge in Memphis I did not know? Rendezvous barbecue. Nope. <laughs> you didn't know about that? Either. I do know about <laughs> rendezvous barbecue. By the way, have y'all ever eaten at Tom's there in Memphis? No. Tom's. It was, it was on... How do you say that guy's name? Guy Fieri. Yeah. Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. Mm-hmm. And uh, on his show, Tom's was known for their Di- barbecue. Triple and- D, diners, drive-ins, and dives. <clears throat> That's it. And anyway, this Tom's was place was on it. Last time I ate there, unbelievable. Like their potato salad. I don't even like potato salad. No, mm. neither. I don't either. But I'm here to tell you, you would eat that. You would eat that. It's that good. But I, we went by it, and it was absolutely shut down. Hmm. Like, there was nobody out there. Mm, COVID got them. Probably. Maybe so. It's sad. But, no, here's the thing that's big about Memphis I did not know. Brunch. I, 
I'm I telling know. you. I think you made it, that up. No you know, way. my brother lived in Memphis for a while. Talk to your brother and see if I'm lying, because I'm telling you. That's a weird conversation starter. <laughs> okay. Let's Google so, it. <laughs> remember when you lived in Memphis? Is brunch a big... <laughs> Especially if you say it like that. <laughs> but, but no, I'm serious. You can look it up and literally, like, Yelp will do, like, the top 25 brunch restaurants. Is brunch a big deal in Memphis? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what? Why do you doubt me? I don't know. It's a so, big deal. Okay. 80 places to eat brunch in Memphis, so maybe so. But, the, like, no, what I'm getting at is this is a tip. This is a tip for all of you who are like, who found yourself in another state and you've spent all your money on the hotel and you got no money left for food. Yeah. I'm telling you, and your kids are like little birds chirping for food out of the nest. I'm telling you, you let them sleep late, you skip breakfast, you eat brunch, and you don't have to pay for lunch. And I'm telling you, it works. So I try to do that, and then my 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 people get hungry again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, you know, my kids, I'm telling you, they, they hung in there till dinner time. That's awesome. So yeah, I can, yeah, it that. worked. We just, yeah. So you're getting, getting away with two meals. But the one thing I did get to do was listen to your sermon on the way back. Okay. As we were driving back, you did a great job. Did man. you force your kids yeah. to listen to it as well? No. Well, I mean, you put I could have, but everybody had their own, had their own thing going. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff. But I mean, but no, you actually kicked off. The series, man. Yeah. When's the last time you did that? Uh, not too terribly long ago, actually. Um, I'm trying to remember what series it was. But I, I've done that recently. Like, I mean, really? I say recently. Like, in the past year or two, I've done, oh, I did okay. that again. I've done that before. I don't remember. I don't remember what series it was, but I do remember doing it. Yeah. Another time. Anyway. Well, tell everybody what this series was you kicked off. Uh, King for All. And so the premise of the series was to, we're going to be in the book of Luke for all of June and July, uh, looking at different instances throughout the book of Luke where uh, Jesus ministers or speaks directly to or uh, in some way addresses, you know, outcasts, people of society, people who are pushed aside, people who are forgotten, you know, the downtrodden. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So once you, I mean, like, one like quote you said, which I loved, but I'm going to give you a chance to explain that mm -hmm. is when you were talking about the different things that Jesus did, like when he turned water into wine as his first miracle. Yeah. And it kind of led to this statement that what Jesus did was nothing but hors d'oeuvres of the feast that is to come. Oh yeah. I thought that was really good. You want to explain that a little bit? Yeah. So, uh, you know, basically I, I used, I was I was talking about how, you know, why would he make that his first miracle? Like, yeah. why would he make? And, and by the way, if you hear the roar in the background again, it's just a the rain is coming. A nice little thunder shower that we're getting. Yes. Uh, but I talked about the um, referencing what you know. Why would he make turning water into wine his his first miracle? Fixing the drink problem at a party, not just you know. Why if you're going to do your first miracle and like show up and say, okay, yeah, I'm here. Everybody take notice, son of God stepping on the scene. Why wouldn't you raise somebody from the dead first? Like, right. Why would you not lead with that? Why wouldn't you make a serious statement, cast out a demon first, but instead he does that. And, and the idea was that it was, it was pointing to something. It was pointing to something, you know, uh, greater, like restoring the fellowship between 
God and man. And anyway, uh, I think I alluded to the fact that I wasn't smart enough to really give a great answer on that, but that was, that was kind of what I said. Is that what, and what was your question again? I'm sorry. I lost track. I was moving in that direction. Well, I mean, I just wanted it to kind of lead towards your scripture because you were coming out of Luke, you know, you, and you spend a lot of time right there on the front end talking about like the, the big importance of a meal and what it means to sit down and have that that's like a different type of fellowship to sit down across a table from somebody and eat together. Yeah, I get. I think I remember I gave the statistics on the Harvard Medical School yes. thing yeah. about the they used um, you know kids who qualified as coming from healthy homes to perform a study to see how big of a difference sitting down and eating meals together actually made. And so they took essentially, you know, a large group of children who all came from healthy homes and they just tracked them over a period of time to determine, you know, whether or not they ate most of their dinners, not even breakfast and lunch, but their dinners at home with their parents. And if they crossed the 50% threshold, then they counted them as eating most of them at home. And the ones who fell under the 50% threshold were like, you know, 72% more likely to, uh, you know, become drug abusers as they got older to struggle with uh, suicidal thoughts and I just this laundry list of things, you yeah. know, so yeah. just pointing to the, the yes. importance of Let me that. Let ask you guys this. Do y'all actually sit down on a regular basis with your family and eat, or is it always on the go? So we, we actually had a really special moment um, because when me and Cherish got married, we had bought this little bitty house in Mount Olive that didn't even have like a dining room in it. So we never had a kitchen table to eat at until this newest house that we just moved into has a little off room right there off the kitchen. And so for the first time back in March, we had a kitchen table and every night since then, if we, if it's been an at home meal, um, we sit down, no phones and look, you know, straight across from each other. And it's, it's, we really do enjoy it. It's so much better than, (laughs) Hey, let's go sit on the couch and (laughs) watch friends while we (laughs) eat. Yeah. So we try not to do that. If we're home, uh, we try not to sit down. Like we don't do our best, you know, everybody grab their food and like somebody, you know, people go to their room with their food or go, go, you know, uh, go sit in front of the TV or something like that. Now, if there's something, if we're all going to do that together, maybe, but, if we all happen to be home, which is, you know, we have we have a large family, you know, four kids all living at home and all close close to the same ages, 11 to 16. So they're all jamming in there together. But yeah. so we we try to do that as much as possible. We don't do it as much as we would like to, which I'm sure is like almost everyone's situation is mm-hmm. yeah. is they they don't do it as, as much as they would like to. But I, I do think it's important just to kind of focus on, OK, if we're all here then it's easy to come up with an excuse not to do it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I think that's the thing that we like to look out for is like, okay, if we are all here, then we're going, then we're going to make a point to do that, yeah. right. if at all possible. Yeah, I think that's huge. Um, one tip for most families out there is if you find it hard to get your family around the table, if you do more things that are more traditional or like you get kind of like a ritual going, it helps that happen. So like for us, uh, ever since my kids were little, I started doing this thing every time we were able to sit around the table, which wasn't always, but when we could, I would always ask them, I'd go around the table and say, all right, tell me what was the worst part of your day? What was the best part of your day? And what was something that made you laugh? And, and I would ask those three questions, and I'd go around the table. It's very 
simple to do, but it was amazing the conversations that, mm. you know, rabbit holes that we fell into, yeah. talking about other things. And I learned a lot about my kids and how they interacted with other kids. And I learned a lot about just, you know, some of the stupid things that happened, yeah. <laughs> happened to them throughout <laughs> the day. But I'm telling you, to this day, literally, like obviously you guys know we're building a house or not really in a place where we have a dinner table because um, we're living in a camper down by the river. And yeah. and basically, um, we when we were in North Carolina a couple of weeks ago, seeing my oldest daughter, we had a table. And the first thing that Tyson said was, can we all eat? And Dad, you do best part, worst part, and funny part of the day. Like, he remembered that. And he mm. wanted that. He missed that. And I think if you do something long enough, I think – yeah, I think it can become yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it become a natural thing for your family, mm. and so so that just kind of bring brought me to this point for you, Blake, was um, the parable where you know Jesus was talking about because I need to I need to get the four one one on this story, but apparently because you were talking about where Jesus was like it's better to not come in and expect the best place in a wedding. Versus, you know, and having to be asked to move versus sitting in a, le- a place of least and then at being asked to move up. Oh, yeah. And then you start telling about a story where you crashed a wedding. Yeah. I, I got to hear mm. this. Yeah. So he, Jesus starts into that and then he finishes it up with the, you know, the, you know, he who uh, exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles right. himself will be exalted. That's kind of the, that's kind of a summary of that part. But I... <laughs> Yeah, so I told the story of ending up as a friend of mine. I I don't want to incriminate him, but I went with him to a wedding, and um, we were working together. I'll just put it that way. And we, uh, not at the wedding, we were working together. Uh, We weren't like wedding crashers in the truest sense. It wasn't like get my wingman and go to the wedding. Uh, No, we. He knew these people. He was close friends with the groom. I had met the groom and knew who the bride was but never actually met her oh, okay uh, but i had only met the groom one time in passing and then we end up at this wedding and we go into the reception and he gets he he disappears on me like I, we went in and i had to go use the restroom and so i go use the restroom and i come back into the reception and the wedding party's doing the whole thing where they're taking pictures after the wedding and then they're going to show up to the reception yeah and this place is packed it is packed. It is jam-packed. And so I come back in, and I can't find him. So I'm just like, but the food is amazing. They got a guy car- uh, carving prime rib. Yeah. They've got shrimp. They got, I mean, they're dishing it out. And mm. so I get, a, I get a, a heaping plate and go sit down at the table, the only table that's open. And I don't know anyone except for him, and I'm looking for him. Uh, little do I know, he's like off in a corner somewhere talking yeah. to somebody. And it's it's dark because they yeah. got a dance floor and all oh, yeah. that. So anyway, you just I'm just trying to I, I'm getting the picture picture Here, the scene. Here's a big boy <laughs> holding a plate full of prime rib. You look out across the room. It's like there's I, not a single table open, and then you, out of nowhere is this beautiful spotlight that hits no. this table with nobody sitting there. It wasn't like that. It wasn't <laughs> like this table. Like, you would not, if you walked into the room and the room was empty, you would have not been able to point at that table and say, that's the bride and groom's table. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Like, it, was, it wasn't like that, but, <laughs> but in, <laughs> in hindsight, 
<laughs> you know, little old Blake should have known <laughs> the table is empty. There's a reason. There's it's a empty. reason it's empty. <laughs> empty yes. But in the moment, I I just I understood it as that table's empty because I need somewhere because to sit. Because God out. has provided. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I sit down and start eating, eating, and then within two minutes, let's welcome our wedding party. The DJ says. <laughs> And he introduces like everybody and they're all coming in and I'm clapping and still eating and going. And, uh, and then he introduces the, the best, when he introduces the best man and the maid of honor, they come in together Yeah, and they come in and stop in the middle of the dance floor and they're waving at everybody. And then they beeline right to that table and sit down and I'm like, what's up? <laughs> and then the bride I'm and groom. this whole image of the wedding singer right now. And then the bride <laughs> and groom. Well, and this was the <laughs> most awkward part was like I, at my wedding, we didn't eat. And I know that's kind of a pretty common thing is like most bride and grooms, there's so many people to visit. There's so many people to talk to. And you want to make sure that you talk to them and thank them for coming to the wedding right. and give them an opportunity to shake your hand and give you some money and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, Usually well, they make a plate they and make, hold it for you. Well, yeah. Or, yeah. They did us like a picnic basket yeah. kind of thing. And we took it with us. So that's, that's what a lot of people do. Well, apparently this couple had made it a point of like, we're having good food. We want to sit down and eat a meal as soon as we get to our reception. And when we're done eating and we're ready, ready to eat dessert, then they can watch us cut our cake. <laughs> so they were kind of making it. We want this to be a party for us to enjoy. And so they come in and immediately sit down. And then all this food floods our table Yeah, for the bride and groom for them to eat. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and I'm and was convenient because they just brought free plate refills to my table. It's like, why'd you make me go through the line? You know? Anyway, that was it. It was embarrassing. But. That is so good. So, so it, good. It, it fit the moment in the, in the text pretty well though. Yeah. Cause I had experienced just that. So mm. that's funny. That's funny. So, so also there was a moment on stage where you had a gun to a dog's head and a child's head. What, what's that all about? Yeah, so it was when we got to, in in Luke 14, we got to the scripture, um, let's see, I think it's... Uh, <laughs> I have a story about this too, but go ahead. The image in my head, as I was listening to it, was you standing on stage like, I mean like literally, <laughs> with your finger I, pistols. I did, out. I had finger pistols pointed, uh, so it was in, it's verse 25, in in Luke chapter 14, it's after Jesus tells the parable, and then he looks at the people around that had kind of followed him there, or people that had kind of convened around, you know, not just the Pharisees in the room at the table, but, and he says, if anyone comes, comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot he cannot be my disciple. And so I was just making the point that it was, that's a comparative statement, Mm -hmm. basically saying that compared to Compared to uh, how you feel for me, then it should seem as though you hate other people. And I use the illustration of if somebody points a, a gun at your dog and your child, even if you're a dog lover, and they say, I'm going to shoot one of them, mm. which one you're going to choose. You're going to choose. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not presenting it in no, the same way I dude, do. No, I have a story okay. that I watched unfold as you're – Okay. Telling this. So I'm sitting next to my wife. We don't have a dog, but she's obsessed with anything that looks like a dog. And on the other side of her is her sister 
who has a dog and loves that dog dearly. There's a dog lover, yeah. Very much a dog lover. Now, I knew I had heard this in the first service, so I knew this was coming. And sitting next to them, as you're like setting this up, you kind of ask the question, like, any dog lovers in the room? And I'm like, oh, he's setting it yeah, up. Yeah, there's and, some right here. And I'm looking over at her, and she's like, yeah. Like this, <laughs> like... <laughs> What are you going to say? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, she don't even you love, know it. You love dogs. You're going to hell. <laughs> and then it's you kind of set it up. There. You kind of set it up as like, you know, obviously you love your dog. And yeah. neither one of them are parents. But if you're a parent, you love your child way more. Right. And so if somebody walked up and one, you know, held a gun to your dog's head and a gun to your child and said, on the count of three, I'm going to shoot one of them. You pick. Right. And if I get that, that's the way I said it. I said, if on the count of three, I'm going to shoot one. When I get to three, I'll choose. Yeah. One, two. And before you, the, the point was before you, the person got to three, you would interject. Yeah. You're like, shoot the dog. Yeah. And like, when you said that, <laughs> she started crying. <laughs> she basically borderline tears. Yeah. <laughs> borderline tears. Why are you shooting the dog? Yeah. Cause I don't want him to shoot the kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's not that you hate the dog. Yeah. But, it's that you love the child way yeah. more than the dog. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> well, and that was, a, I think there was a little bit of tension. Yeah. In the room. And when you go ahead, what you said what, next. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is I'm glad I didn't say it the way that I, cause I think I shared this illustration, that illustration with my wife. Yeah. And when I said, I said it just like that. Yeah. Cause I was like, before they got to three, you'd be like, shoot the dog, shoot it right between the eyes. Shoot it. <laughs> like, that's right. so I'm glad, detail. That's kind of like doubling down. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I didn't, yeah anyway. But though, and then I said, uh, and then I said, so if the person does that and they say one, two, I was like, what's the next, what's the next thing out of your mouth? I know what the next thing out of your mouth is. It's, it's been a good ride, Lassie. Yeah. <laughs> Unless your kids, unless, <laughs> unless yeah. your kids name Lassie, yeah. and then you said, but if you, if that's the case, then you're you're, you're weird, weird parent. <laughs> Isn't it weird how the most memorable parts of your sermon, sermons or messages are not in your notes? No, at yeah. all. No, like that's what happened no. in that moment. That was just me being awkward. Yeah, <laughs> that was because it, it, and, and for whatever reason, I said that. I said it's been a good ride, Lassie. And then the next <laughs> thing that hit my brain was, what what if they're kid like what if what if they don't understand that, that i mean dog and then in, in reality everybody in the room understood that yeah. i meant dog when right. i said that but then i had to circle back and was like to clarify the dog I'm talking about the dog the dog is lassie <laughs> because if you named your kid lassie that means my illustration doesn't work and it means you're weird so yeah that's right anyway they that's seem right. to get tickled about it they anyway that it was, was awesome it. though that is good yeah. that is good so you uh, you kind of brought this thing to a head, man. You brought it, you know, took it from that love hate comparison type thing to three reasons good people will miss the kingdom. Yeah, that was kind of like your final three points. I'll go ahead and say the first one, and I'll let you comment on it. Yeah, fail uh, the first person uh, that misses out on the kingdom fails to recognize the importance of the invitation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I used, I know I used the illustration there of, uh, we put up the picture of the Royal wedding invitation and stuff like that. And how it's like a real pointed invitation, you know, of the, you know, the Lord Chamberlain is commanded by the queen to invite. We had a picture of a Royal invitation. I was just talking about how pointed of an invitation it is. And do we, do we receive the invitation as important as it really is? You know, yeah. and I used also the example of, 
uh, you know, say you, you call someone at work, like if, if a wife calls her husband and says, Hey, I need to speak with him, but the, you know, Hey, can I speak to, you know, my husband, whatever his name is. And then the receptionist says, well, you know, he's busy right now or he's tied up in a meeting or whatever. And all those are legitimate excuses. And so it's not necessarily that the excuses in the parable that the people were giving as to why they couldn't accept the invitation were, it's not, even though they seemed very illegitimate. And I was kind of pointing that out as we walked through the scripture, it, it wasn't their illegitimacy that made them evil. It was the fact that they were ignoring something mm. of ultimate importance being the master. And right. so that was the, that was kind of the point there. And, uh, where if it's a wife, a wife calls and says, I need to speak to my husband because my water just broke or our house is on fire. Then the importance of the invitation all of a sudden trumps whatever's going on. Right. The importance of the invitation to speak or the request to speak. And so that's kind of the idea there with point number one was, um, was that just uh, the importance that God's invitations should have in our yeah. lives? So, yeah, don't you think that's a problem in culture today? We're quick to say something is important to us, but our actions do not match that up. Oh yeah, yeah you know, like sure. you gave the illustration of the atheist, you know, call you know calling out. Oh, I did. I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, you know, you think about it. You know, you ask most kids here in the Bible Belt. Is do you mm. believe the Bible is the Word of God? Most of them are going to go absolutely. And then, you know, he asked them, "How many of you have read it from beginning to end?" And just a very few hands went up. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you say it's important, but you don't even read it. Yet at the same time, most of you've read all of Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. You know, did you tell the pain in my voice when I said that? <laughs> that was just the story that I heard, and so I had to tell it. Now I, I, I felt the the tension. Yeah. Did you offer? Because I I, 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 I was like, he wants to stop right now and explain to everybody why Harry Potter actually is more Christian. (laughs) (laughs) I I did, and I offered a disclaimer. I didn't do this in the first service, but I did in the second service. And you want me to tell you why? Why? Because Holly was sitting on the front row. (laughs) (laughs) And she has such an affinity for Harry Potter. And for some reason, I was just like, I don't want her to feel like I'm bashing harry potter or whatever (laughs) anyway that's so weird that's one of those quirky things but oh yeah it affected me in the moment so the second thing you said what the second uh type of person that misses out on the kingdom is people who feel unworthy yeah Um, we he said you said we feel we have to earn it Mm. yeah i think the the illustration the main you know i made several points on that but the main illustration was the whole potluck thing like showing up Showing up to, uh, you know, I use the illustration of how when I was a single guy, I would show up to potluck dinners and I didn't bring anything, but it didn't bother me. I just yeah. ate. But then Cassidy taught me good manners kind of thing. You know, if, if you're going to go somewhere and you're you're going to partake in the meal, then you should contribute to the meal. And there's something like intrinsic in us that we we want to do that. We want to feel like we've earned what it is that we've received. But in the reality of how we relate to God, that's just not a thing because our righteousness mm. is filthy rags. And so yeah. the, the, the silly illustration I used was, okay, showing up to, uh, you know, with God, it would be like showing up to like a gourmet potluck where everybody can throw down. And we've got like, you know, a, a mm. pack, a box of Swiss cake rolls or a honey bun. And that's what we're contributing because it's really just filthy rags that we have to contribute. So anyway. yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah, um, I think you said we feel like we can't participate in the blessing if we didn't contribute mm-hmm. to yeah. the meal. All of it just kind of pointing to the fact that we're all 
what he was talking about in the parable were all the blind, the crippled, the lame, the highways and the hedges people, yeah. you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was good. And then your last one was, uh, because they refuse to acknowledge that they are unworthy. Yeah. So that was kind mm. of the that's religious kind of, people. Basically. Yeah. That's like a jump, you know, that's like the one eighty of that. So either, yeah. either you feel like you are completely and totally unworthy or you feel like, um, you, you are worthy, you know, yeah. so yeah. to speak. So yeah. if refusing to acknowledge that you're unworthy. So that's kind of the indictment on the super religious in the room, which is, which is who he was talking to. You know, he's talking to a group of Pharisees there. So, yeah. um, you know, and that obviously, you know, that went on to, to make, you know, some, some more kind of gospel centric, centric points, you know, is, is how, when we deem ourselves worthy in some way or, or we're, I think I used the illustration of like the middle class in spirit. Mm-hmm. So we're called to be poor in spirit, you know, like he says in the Sermon on the Mount. But the middle class in spirit says, well, I've got a little bit of spiritual uh, balance in the bank. I got a little bit of spiritual collateral, so to speak, a little spiritual leverage. You know, I've done some bad things or I've made some mistakes here and there, but it's, it's all been for... Uh, you know, the right reasons per se, right? where the poor in spirit says the exact opposite. There's like, well, even the good things I've done were, were, were most likely for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's just a different perspective. And yeah. so, like I said, just a, a major indictment on the, um, on the, uh, you know, the religious community and the religious. Yeah. As you were on that whole religion versus relationship, it reminded me the most popular t-shirt ever to hit high point was the one that said it goes against my relationship to have a religion. Yeah. That t-shirt, even to this day, still people ask for it. Mm. It's because I think people understand, especially being down here in the South, we understand what religion is and to bypass that and just fully embrace the concept of a relationship in Christ. Mm. You know, yeah. And so that that kind of led to basically the summary of the message, which was, you know, the gospel is not that Jesus rewards the righteous with the high place. The gospel is that Jesus, the only one who deserved the high place, voluntarily took the low place and offered us a seat at the table and carried us there. And I love that part, you know, mm-hmm. when you were talking about being carried yeah. to the table. That was that was awesome. Yeah. And then you said amen. Yeah. Well I thought you I thought you guys were gonna <laughs> We're going to lecture me or land blast me on the whole legalism versus license thing that I got on, but yeah, I think I think that would take our podcast beyond what we. <laughs> we yeah, yeah, we go, we're going pretty far right now. We spent too much time talking about uh, <laughs> food, but the ways I could bananas. die. <laughs> yes, yeah. well, let's talk about worship. Yeah, um, we did "Let the Redeemed." It's a new song that we introduced last Sunday. We did it again this past Sunday. It's uh, really good. Um, "Let the Redeemed of the Lord Say So." Sing of His promises, um, and then we did "Worthy of Your Name" and "King of Kings." Just gospel centric, lifting high the name of Jesus. And then um, I'll be honest; like I was really, I had this moment of like, you know, when you and I were talking about the sermon leading up to Sunday, I really had this moment of like. Do I do the song carried to the table um, or do we sing, you know, just, and that's kind of what you said, like, you know, it's up to you. I'm, I'm, it's going to be very gospel centric kind of thing. And so um, I've noticed one of our congregation's favorite songs is a song called Mercy that we've done. Um, and just that really, you know, 
all in all gospel. Um, it, it says, was the cross meant for me that my savior carried? Now I've been made free by the mercy of God was the grave meant for me where I, where my sin lay buried. Now I stand redeemed by the mercy of God. And the whole thing is about like not deserving to be where we are. Yeah. Um, which I thought followed up really well with, you know, how you, the, the, the whole being carried to the table. Like I don't deserve to be here yet. I'm alive to tell the story of what God has done for me. Yeah. 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 And so I told Matt that because I was just like, my own, I didn't really care if he did the song or not. I just knew that thematically that's kind of, you know, theme wise, that's where I was going to be. And so I knew I would make that statement multiple times throughout the message. And so what I told him was like, I don't care if you do it or not. But what I didn't want is I didn't want after <laughs> after the service him coming to me and be like, bro, you preached that sermon and didn't tell me you was going to say carried to the table. Like literally yeah. say that like yeah. multiple times. I just didn't want that scene. So yeah. that's why right. I threw that out there. I, I know he would come up with something. Which if, good you, if you've never heard that song, it's yeah. a good song. Carried to the table by Leland. It is good. It's um. It's very. It's very high. Yes. Where he sings it, so yeah. it is a, and it is definitely more of a key song than an acoustic song. So it would have put Matt musically in a in a weird place. But if you never heard the song, yeah, I definitely go listen. Rec- definitely recommend it by Leland. So, uh, we every month put a word and a blank. Yep. To finish the statement, the God of me is the God of blank. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the word for the next couple of months, and this is a really kind of, uh, it's been a while since we've done this where we've actually combined two months together as one series. So we're putting one word in that blank, and that word is outcast. Mm. The God of me is the God of outcast. And that's kind of the premise of this entire series. Yeah. And so Blake really did an amazing job getting us kicked off. I'm looking forward to being back Sunday and uh, taking it one step further. And we'll just keep looking at different various people groups that were considered outcasts. Mm-hmm. And we're using the Gospel of Luke to do that. And I think it's going to be a great series. And um, I, hopefully, if you can't be with us in person, you you still take advantage of our online stuff. I think yeah. it's good. Absolutely. And uh, if you happen to be listening to this on Monday evening on June 6th or Tuesday on June 7th or Wednesday morning or Wednesday afternoon, join us on Wednesday, June 8th Shrimp. at 6.30 p.m. here at High Point. Um, we are most likely, well, I, I think at this point, certainly going to be moving it inside just because of chance of rain. Chance of rain. We'll but. cook outside. So that that one one thing that means is if you are listening to this, you don't necessarily have to bring your own lawn chair. We'll have some seating available inside. We had mentioned people bringing their own lawn chair, but come and we're going to play. We're going to play bingo. I was about to say, it's not just a shrimp bowl. Yeah. Like there are prizes to be yeah. won. Play bingo. So it's not one of those charity bingo things. It's just <laughs> for fun, bingo. Father Blake up there. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it, it, it'd be a good time. But yeah. Anything else? I think we're good. Y'all are good. See you. Well, next time, I guess. See you guys. Sandy Grevy.